Hello, everyone, and welcome to Set Stories Podcast, where filmmakers talk about uh, crazy, funny set stories that happen to us on set. They're all true. Uh, my name is Hootie. As you all know by now, this is our second season. I have Jonathan Charles with me, Mr. Set Stories himself. How are you guys? Good. How are you, Hootie? Um, you know, day by day. It's always fun hanging out with you guys. Not really. Yeah, uh, yeah it's fun. We can see you. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> are, are you smoking anything, Charles? Uh, yeah, I'm still smoking from Peace Pipe to bless the, uh, the, bless, the, bless the show. I'm still going to call it Gandalf Pipe. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm going to call it. He would approve. Me and Adam know, know this specifically from one director we work with. <laughs> but yeah, we have, we have a wonderful <laughs> guest today. Jonathan, you want to introduce him? Yes, uh, this is uh, Adam Beck, one of my good friends and um, talented DP that I work with, usually on the regular now. Um, what was it? We met uh, a few years ago through some mutual friends on a feature film uh, over up in Bakersfield. And uh, you know, honestly, the nice thing is, yeah, that was a really rough set. But, you know, <laughs> me and Adam made it through it. And uh, what was it? You know, honestly, uh, the first impression I got from Adam was like pure professional. Uh, every time I would like you know, talk to him and, you know, he would ask me like, if I needed anything, I'm like, wow, that's a first from a DP. Cause usually a lot of times they're kind of bossing me around on set and, you know, telling well, me, like, oh, you can't do this. I know what that feels like. Oh, I know, I know. But, you know, Adam was completely different, you know, treated me with respect and that's why I still keep working for him. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Adam. <laughs> well, thanks Jonathan, I'll pay you later for that. Uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yay. We we'll go get pizza again. No, no uh, Charles, I like the peace pipe. I like haze, so just keep the haze going. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ambient look looks great, so. Dang, um, this is what happened in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little gray hair, so. Uh, I got three kids, so uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, um, yeah, so DP, I met Jonathan a couple years ago on a, a home set um, in Bakersfield, and mm -hmm. done a couple features since then, and working on a doc that ended because of COVID right when the shutdown happened. Um, yeah. Hopefully it picked back up and hopefully got a project in August, uh, a really small feature, but really intimate one location. So hopefully that goes well. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess I'll start with probably one of, I don't know if it's embarrassing. I guess it's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I guess. That story. <laughs> uh, I was in Florida shooting a movie and, uh, we had two actors running through like a foresty area and uh, me, I used to play ice hockey. So I used to be athletic, used to be, uh, is the keyword. And so I was carrying like a 25 pound red package on my shoulder. And I was like, well, I'll just run with it at my waist. I took mm -hmm. two steps and ate it, went directly right into the ground, Ooh. right in front of 20 people. Oh. Um, it was my own camera, which was, wasn't that bad. I mean, I broke a little piece off. It wasn't a camera. The camera was fine. But kept mm -hmm. rolling and everything. So I was like, oh. Sweet, got this on camera. Um, <laughs> but it was just in front of everyone at night. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just my stupidity. Technically, you should have, we didn't have a lot of time. So I was trying to get a better shot. And I was like, all right, well, I can run. But yeah. I should have broken the camera down smaller. And it was kind of front heavy and it was playing rules and stuff. So I was stupid enough to do it again. I didn't fall though. But uh, in the first you, know, if you get up, you're embarrassed. And so you're like, I'm going to do it again so I can prove that I can do it. <laughs> which is kind of stupid, but, uh, and I don't think the shot was even that good, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of one of my more embarrassing stories. I have erased, erased footage once in a lifetime of me. 
Yeah. I should probably say that what movie it was, but uh, <laughs> it was operating. And so uh, that was a mistake that uh, definitely changed how I did work. So it's, right. that's where, you know, we're always going to make mistakes and things of that nature. And so uh, um, I, think I lost like one shot, so it wasn't a big deal. But um, and I was able to get a lot of it back to Red and Dead and things of that nature. So we're shooting on Red What kind of camera are you using? Back then, it was a red, uh, red F draggy. Uh, okay. I was, yeah. Now I think they only use select and many. So, um, mm. so it's it's been a while, a long time ago, five or six years ago. I guess I don't know if that's long, but it seems long to me. But uh, a lot of yeah. yeah, no, no. It's so I, it's it's I don't make a lot of mistakes, but I do make ones that are noticeable. Um, but credit to the DP at the time, because I I totally had to fess up to it. So say, hey, I got rushed. ACs are telling me format, format. I'm like, I just did this time lapse video with a director. And I don't think they were going to use it anyways, but still, it's just the whole process. It really did. They, did I really lose anything? Not really, but at the same time, like that could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. So, um, you know, from that point forward, I really changed how I, you know, manage moving the camera, things of that nature. Even like smaller sets where, you know, they say there's no DAT, you know, pretty not strict, but it just I guess you said strict, but I'm not I'm not jerking. But it's you know you do things a certain way because you don't want that to happen. And I don't want that to happen. It was embarrassing, so you know you have to come and you know fess up to the director. Hey, I screwed up. You yeah. Everybody else. You that's something that's rare from DPs. They don't fess yeah. up. Play is <laughs> my fault. My bad. You well, know. no, I, it's, well, I think, you know, I was just VCAM operating at the time, but I think, um, you know, it's just, it's a lesson learned. And like in the back of the ASC magazine, or ASC, sorry, American Cinematography Magazine, ASC produces that, but uh, on the back page, they have like an inter in-depth interview. And one of the questions I ask is, you know, what's the major blunder? What's the and question? What's, what's a major blunder you've had? Um, and so they all will say like, "Hey, I did this, or I over, I exposed a roll of film," or, and so, which is pretty much the same thing. And uh, so, and and so it's it's mm. you know a lot of these guys who are very you know successful, they they've had their you know their own issues and they, they're not you know yeah they still it's a, it's, a, it's embarrassing but it's you know, it's it's a learning experience right so oh yeah yeah um, like Corey Stahl said I've I've been doing this for fifty years and I'm still a student. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there, there is no, I mean, I guess you could say there's masters of crafts, but I think most of them will say that they're still learning things. Yeah. Set, so the better, D, in my opinion, the better DPs would say that they're very humble about it. Um, yeah. Even like artists in general, they're, they're humble about their work. Um, yeah. Admit to their, you know, admit when they've done wrong. I, oh God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure you had nightmares of, you know, if you ever shot on film, um, the nights of, wondering how it's going to turn out to be you know what i mean like oh shit did i overexpose the under is it you know did the gate fuck up or something um and that's where post comes in <laughs> yeah well i think it, even like today digital realm it's, it's you know when you're working on smaller projects how is that project going to be finished mm -hmm. and so even projects that maybe six figures up to a million dollars you think hey they've got this whole idea of post and but you don't, a lot of times you don't know who you're talking to, but you're, you're getting to finish projects. And so, um, and then the level of, um, I'd say the professional, not say professionalism, but just the director and how they know, 
process goes and, and flows and workflows and things of that nature. So I mean, I've, I've been fortunate to a lot of DPs have allowed, I'm not DPs, directors have allowed me to, you know, have a lot of say and influence on, hey, I know there's, you know, there's no money for, you know, going to a e-film or something like that to, to digitally. Oh, you know, wow. You, you work at e-film? No, but I mean, I'm just saying if there isn't like, you know, I've worked a lot of projects where they haven't been that type of money, but they've left oh. me to say, okay, you know, what would you like to do, you know? Because mm. you can always, you try, you try to get everything right in camera. That's my uh, big thing. I, I like to shoot everything in camera, you know, filters, put a lot on, whatever it is. But um, it's also just, uh, it, if they, I don't have those resources to have, you know, someone to do a little bit of color correction, I'll mm. jump in and say, hey, I'll do it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like to do it, but I do volunteer on the smaller projects because you're like, it, it is your calling card, right? It's mm -hmm. your active responsibility for your look. So um, you know, that's part of the, the, the deal. So. Mm -hmm. that's so that's do, you prefer, do you prefer digital or film to shoot on? Well, technically, the only film I've shot on was I shot stills and did a lot of black and white in college. Um, and I just pretty much did uh, digital. I had a delay of getting in the industry um, and getting married and having kids and had a quote real job uh, managing the company and hiring, firing people. So it was interesting actually. I learned a lot about uh, you know managing people in a certain way, and, mm -hmm. but also doing a way of respect and um, and I think that also just comes with my upbringing, my parents and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, so I had a little kind of a delay of getting into the business. And then really for me, I just bought a camera and just started shooting. I had stills. I mean, I started a company with my dad and my brother. And, um, and it was really, my dad went along with it just so he could spend time with his boys. So, um, and so it kind of was just, it was just kind of like getting my feet wet. And then I just said, okay, well, my end goal is to be some of So how do I, how do I get there? So that was kind of my first step into it. And then, I like that. You didn't take the, the traditional uh, student, what is it, uh, film student route. And there's a lot of deep, successful filmmakers, uh, yeah. directors, NDPs, who kind of, you know, they had a normal job like Oliver Stone. He was in the Army. Now look at him. Yeah. I think that makes you a better filmmaker. No offense to anybody who went to film school, no. but film school, in yeah. my opinion, is it's not really a, a good, good way to go. I, that's just me. Well, that's, I'm yeah. speaking for me. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, well, they say it from what I've heard, because I didn't go to film school. I did take like a red education course years ago, and that actually was beneficial in the sense that it was just a networking thing, and that's what I've heard, you know, film school really is, is a networking, like when your friends mm -hmm. get jobs or you get jobs, mm -hmm. you bring them along with you, and then that's how you get and bigger and bigger projects as things go along. You progress in your skill set, and they also progress in options they're getting. So, um, and that's what I've heard. Uh, you know, the, the advantages of it. But there's also those who, you know, jump down on sets and, uh, you know, 18 at high school, whatever it is, start working on a set and then work them their way through camera TV and do some photography. So there's, it, the, the camera route's kind of a newer one, I guess, since you said a digital uh, revolution. I see you hear a lot more of that, but um, it's different. I, I don't I don't know if it's uh, one is better. I just, one is, that's the one I'm on, and, right? So, um, yeah, I don't think one is like better or worse. It all depends on the project that you're taking yeah. on. And they're just yeah. so completely different. Like film is like, you if once you roll, we got to get this. We have, everything has to be perfect. But digital, you can roll for like 20 minutes and do ah! a long take and everything like that. Charles oh, is like, nope. <laughs> 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 
But yeah, you, I just feel, I just think about the editor. I'd be like, oh gosh, yeah. I, I was an editor for too long, and yeah. Anyways, no, um, but I think I think that's something you, you hit on something with the long takes is, um, the the people coming from film background had a discipline, and so that discipline was, hey, we have eight and a half minutes in this mag, so or eleven minutes depending on the size, and and I would say that um, that's one thing that I try to incorporate into my own work and how I work it. And, you know, I can go, yeah, I came up from the digital side of it and you could run for longer takes, but why? And what are the, you know, what are the reasons why we're here? And so, um, like before I got, I came on here, I just finished a, a meeting for a short regular shoot and we just went for the shot list. And so it was a collaboration with the director and myself, really tiny crew, trying to figure out, um, you know, here the, here the shot ideas I gave him. He already did a shot list and we said, okay, yeah, I like that idea, I'll take it. Or this one doesn't work, but it was that collaborative collaboration process, but it was all uh, going towards the story. Why we're there? What are we doing this for? Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's that's part of that discipline is putting the work in beforehand. Um, and you can because when you were on set and you had the camera spinning or the film going to that camera, you were spending money, um, mm -hmm. and so you have to account for that. So yes. you know, it's just it's it's a probably a learning process for a lot of people that they you know. Yeah, we can run forever into a hundred takes without cutting. But, yeah. Well, why? Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that's a good practice. Um, if you have, have you ever worked on any uh, film sets that were shooting on film, like bigger pictures? No, not really. So everything I've done has been on digital. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, digital only. But you can see a lot of ways that, you know, I've heard a lot of stories. I have a lot of uh, uh, DP friends who have shot on film and. Are very successful in their own careers and so you know you, i get to have that feedback with them and ask them and you know what was, what was your experience what was your issues and it really wasn't so much it's so much you know based upon you know procedural stuff a lot of it's you know you know when you how do you tackle this problem when you're trying to communicate an idea or you know when you're prepping what do you, you know how, how do you approach you know getting your idea across to the director and when you let it go and um i know i've talked to there's a female director that I was hoping to work with, work with this year. And, you know, that was one of her questions when I first met her was, you know, who comes with the shot ideas and things of that nature. And she was really concerned with, because she's had bad experiences where the DV comes in and takes over and gets all the shots out. And mm -hmm. so um, she's like, you know, I, I don't want to go through that. I'm like, no. And, and, you know, my attitude is, hey, it's your vision. My job is just to make sure your vision is on screen. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, there is a place for collaboration to say, hey, what about thought? What about this shot? Because I think it helps tell the lead story with this one shot instead of doing these two shots here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's very valid and that should happen. That's the collaboration process. But at the same time, at the end of the day, that's, I'm not getting paid to direct it there. So, um, yeah, heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, have you ever was put in that position where you had to step in like as a DP? Uh, even though you're a cinematographer, but you had to also kind of direct uh, the actors as well, like as far as blocking goes, because directors, like some directors, they don't know blocking or they just like get lazy or they never thought mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think the project that Jonathan called Vanya, I don't mind sending him the project, that, that was interesting in the sense that the director didn't have a lot of experience directing films. He's done like a lot of video work and event broadcast type stuff. Uh, that was where, but it was, the director wasn't, um, wasn't territorial either. So 
it came across more collaborative in the sense that, say, you should try to do this, or we should try to shoot this angle because of this reason. And it was a lot more, uh, it went really smooth to a certain point because it was, he was, he was understanding his own limitations. And so um, that, that kind of went real, well, but you still, you still need a director of the Salt Vision. And he also had a producer that was a lead actor that was funding everything. Yeah, um, that happens. Who, uh, yeah, who, uh, this is like the fifth story we heard. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it's kind of like uh, people with money that want to be famous or uh, or whatever it is and have their own story. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, and so it, was, it became a, a, a nightmare. And I ended up leaving after nine days. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and it wasn't, I didn't leave because of the director. I really left because the producer and, and lead actor and it, uh, I know they even have an IMDb page. I, I have heard they had, did come back and start shooting again. And uh, they did reach out to me, ask me to come back. And mm. but, yeah, that, that, um, was a, that was a weird uh, uh, set we were on. Because I remember even on, I think it was like, we were supposed to go on hiatus. And they said like, hey, everyone's going to go on hiatus. And we'll call you back when, uh, you know, we're going to shoot again. And then I get a call, like, I think like four days later saying like, Hey, are you available next week? Because we're going to start shooting again. We fired everyone. We we're hiring. A different oh my God. And it was just all like, everyone was just like, I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And then I took another job at that time. Cause I thought we were all on hiatus until like they locked in a new script. And well, you, were yeah. just, you were the smart yeah. one. So yeah, no, I, cause we ended up kind of taking, I think that was we shot five or six days. I forget it was, I think it was right. six days and we're on hiatus and we were begging them because they, Mm. We really shouldn't even start shooting because they weren't weren't ready. Didn't have all the locations locked in. Yeah. Uh, we we're lucky that we had one of the the actresses in it. She was remarkable. Yeah. Uh, she was just phenomenal. The film and that was the best part of the whole project was watching her work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was it was interesting. Um, not yeah. Everybody got fired. Some of them deserve to get fired. Most of them actually did. But. Um, it was just it was just a nightmare and then you'd give advice like hey this is how sets on the run this is why we need this person and then you know we're in the in the meeting you're getting yes 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 absolutely we'll do that and then three hours later no we're not gonna do that. yeah like, all right well i told you i'd do three more days uh, you got my you got me for three more days so then yeah. we kinda, and one of the persons they fired was wardrobe and then replace her and then we had to reshoot one of the scenes the next day because the wardrobe was wrong so yeah. oh my oh, goodness yeah. gracious man and, like, right, well. and, and on top of it too she took the wardrobe with her until <laughs> she, she get her oh no yeah. so yeah it was uh but for me it was like hey uh you know yeah you learn your lesson so and then you get hit up i got hit up to do something uh yes last week and uh, uh. the names but they were like hey can you uh i got hit up by a i think a producer got me into the director it was her first feature. She's an actress, a well-known actress, well, a well-known international actress. I don't know if she's well-known. I've heard of her before. Right. But, and pretty much came down. I was like, "Hey, can you uh, can you shoot this for free?" I'm like, "Whoa!" Oh, oh. And I was like, <laughs> "And and I don't have. Granted, we all have to be paid, and we have to you know pay bills and stuff. But if there's a project that comes along, it's it's the people you're working with. It's a one-day shoot. It's gonna be fun. Sure, I have the time. I don't mind doing that." Because, um, and if there's people I don't know there, they're going to be there. It's great to, you know, network and branch out. So I don't have a problem investing in other people. I think that's a good thing. But you can't make it a habit either because 
we all have to eat and pay our bills. Um, so, yeah. but when I talked to her, it was like, oh no, we need, it's eight days of shooting. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Um, yeah. That, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, exactly. um, and it's disappointing because you under, you feel like, I look at her IMD page, she's got like a hundred and something credits. And it's like, mm -hmm. you, you, you shouldn't know this, right? What, yeah. why? And I think it's just people's personality. It's just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's take, 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 maybe, you know, uh, give, give, give. I don't know. Yeah. That or you got a producer on the back end just trying to push cheap, cheap, cheap and see what yeah. they can get out of people. And it's just like, you know, you got to put your foot down and tell them like, no, uh, until you know my quality of work and how much it costs, then this is the day rate. Yeah. I love yeah, but, the only yeah, time but other yeah, what? but other people need to do that too. Like, cause if like one DP yeah. says, "Yeah, I'll work for free. Yeah, I'll work for free," then other producers will be like, "Well, they're working for free. Let me ask this person." That's you know the what point. I mean? Like, it became the norm. Yeah. The like, kind yeah. of norm. Like, it's not yeah. the norm, guys. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I understand. I understand the argument. People need to get experience. And I think that's fine. But I think also, it. I think it's it's a, you know, what's your goal in the in the process? Do you have a goal that says, okay, does this experience outweigh the not pay or whatever and i think that right and you know i think you have to leverage that but you know most of the time i'm getting paid so um if there's you know if there's a if there's a project that says hey you know it really isn't money but it's like hey we're coming together we're doing this in six hours it's a really cool short it's a high script it's a right. really good actor and you're like hey i, I haven't worked this director before uh, i have a project i'm going to do here in the future it's, I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm kind of coming in as a producer too, in a way that it's like, hey, it's really tiny crew. Um, I've been having lunches with this director for probably almost a year now. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like our first time to kind of work together and do something fun. And it's, you know, it's, hey, what am I going to do right now? I'm absolutely doing nothing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's kind of, you're in this limbo, limbo stage of where production is kind of starting, kind of not. Um, and so it's like, well, I don't want to sit around and do nothing forever. And practice your eye. You, got, you can't get rusty. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my other things, yeah, there's things I'm doing at home, but it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's okay to just do projects for fun, but you can't definitely make that a, a habit. So I think that's you get. I think that's some of the most relaxing and kind of uh, therapeutic moments, as in my opinion, behind the cameras, when you have no distraction of time, ad no sound or no nothing it's just you and the camera and you're shooting whatever maybe with a cup of coffee or whatever you know um you didn't have time to just like embrace in the image kind of no <laughs> yeah no no you're absolutely right and i think that's that's tough because you know today it's like hey let's do things faster cheaper less days and in the end get what you pay for mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so um yeah but it's you know that's the thing that's and i i know i hear people complain about doing the free stuff and I, and I grant they're all granted they're all good reasons not to do it um but sometimes there's good reasons to do it so yeah just be, oh, yeah, just, just be yeah. careful and don't let that be oh happen. yeah but, well we, we've all done free stuff before in the past just to either get something out there to show that we're working yeah and, you know also like you said is the connections is like most yeah meet people yeah mm -hmm. it's like there's been a couple times i've been on a free set met someone later on downline and you know they ended up introducing me to another director producer that's been like we need a sound guy we'll pay anything just we need someone and then they said you were reliable and at least then you had that door open and now that you're working with that director who's finally paying you that he can pass your name on 
to another production or another director that might need, you know, someone with your service and caliber and will pay finally. Yeah. And I think it's hard because it's like, you want to, you want to get that position where you can afford to do that. You can afford to do right. it for free. Yeah. Because when you're starting out, you really can't do it because you need the money. You exactly. Know? Unless you, unless you're lucky enough to get the little home and you're still young and stuff and you can, you know, experience those things. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it stinks because, you know, you want to be able to learn and not affect other people's projects in a negative way because you don't have any experience. Right, right. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of a catch-22, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Adam, when you were uh, starting out, um, how did you, you – I know you made that transition to being a DP. Did you, did you get a camera? How did you do it? Did you buy a camera and just, like, made the jump? Or, so uh, um, I, my dad, brother, and I – uh, we started a really small company and, uh, I think our first can was like a GL2. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like mini DV tape. Oh, uh, who made, who made it? Uh, Canon, Canon made it. It was a GL2 camera. Oh, G, oh, G, oh, I know what that is. I thought you said T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what GL2 is. Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was our first, uh, it was our first can. We did corporate stuff and then, yeah. um, and then I, I was able to uh, afford, oh, then I bought like the micro red rock type thing where you could attach it. And do yeah. It. You you the field. Oh my God. Is it one of these? Yes. A, a yeah. I still actually have that camera. It's actually in the still have it? Yeah. Oh my God. I'll rent that from you, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'll be honest with you. I just don't, I don't like giving, you know, giving, selling cameras. I just don't, to me, it's like, Hey, maybe I'll use it for something. Of course, uh, you know, I a lot more mess. And, my wife doesn't like that. So, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, and then, uh, we just bought, um, I kind of got into the red ecosystem, bought like a red Scarlet and got a red dragon. And I've kind of stopped that for a little bit. I, I find that I do need a camera because I do a lot of filter tests and lens tests and stuff. And so, um, you just need to have equipment to do things. And so yeah. if, you know, sh- you know, I have a pretty good re- working relationship with Schneider optics, Schneider Poisonock and um, you know I've done lens tests for them and I've done filter tests for them and so oh, wow. yeah it's, so it's it you, you build those relationships up and things of that nature and so if you don't have a camera it's hard to go rent one just mm-hmm. to go do a test who wants to give you let you rent a camera for free and so and so you kind of that's kind of the cost of owning a camera I mean the benefit of owning a camera is you get to do those things you mm-hmm. get to be open to do a project that eh, maybe doesn't pay you what you need to be paid. Um, but maybe the, the rental helps subsidize that. So, um, but at the same time, you want to get to a point where you're, you know, you're not being sought after because you own a camera and you're being sought after what you do with the camera. And so, uh, you know, I, I have shot features that we didn't use my camera. We used, you know, uh, production had a, a camera things that nature. So that's the goal you want to get to. But owning a camera is fun too, and it's great, except it's expensive. So. That's the second part. Yep, I'm in that boat. I'm in that new boat. I bought my first camera and it's like, um, I was going to sh- direct two things with it before the COVID happened, like literally like, weeks before, days before, and it broke my heart. But um, I mean, it's great. Like I, I want to get more, like I, I'm not the DP. I want to, I'd rather be like, I'd rather shoot my own things with it because I'm still learning how to, how to work it. It's a Blackmagic uh, Pocket 4K camera. Yeah. So, but um, I want to get more gigs with that. So, and I want to learn more from that. Like, I'd rather be second AC and work my way up, I guess. Well, and shoot. Mm-hmm. You got your, you know, that, that window. 
Nothing but I know, but shoot, what? I want to, I want actors, you know what I, I want do? people. I, I want once people. a week, I go out to the woods with my, I have, my, I have a film camera, I have two, and I just go out, just load some film and just chill and just shoot something. Um, and it's like, you know, like a vista or a wide shot of like, you know, it'd be a close up of a tree. I don't know. Yeah, I no, like, I, I did that, but I want, I want actors. I want to like block a scene. You get your acting friends. All you need to make a story with an actor, Hootie, is an actor, give that actor a goal, and then have them go through obstacles. Charles, I'm a screenwriter. I know what it is to, to take, yeah. uh, to do a story. I've, I've been on set since I was 12 years old. I know what I'm doing. But you, I mean, no, I, I know what you mean. I have to get my camera out there and just shoot stuff. I'm just saying like, 100%. as far as like learning, just learning the camera, it doesn't have to be like an elaborate story. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that's important too, yeah. Well, even then, there's like actors who are trying to do their acting real things, and it's like, just do a freebie here and there with them. That's what I did. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it's uh, it's, it's interesting because I, I hear you. It's I, have, I know a guy that does time lapse, and he gets some remarkable stuff, but after 15 minutes, you're kind of like, all right, who are the people? And because uh, we're, we're naturally people, uh, I think we're naturally people persons, where we like to see what other people are doing and, and see their stories, right? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it gets it can get old after a while. Then, hey, I just want to take pictures of flowers. Um, but there's a lot more than just taking pictures, like time lapses. You know, a lot of things you can do with camera, camera yeah. movement, and exposure. And what do you do if you kind of can you do a double exposure digitally? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. You can do so, a lot with an image. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's. Uh, but that's kind of like my, my mindset. What can I do with it? So I actually, uh, in like part of my downtime, uh, I built like a, uh, a portable uh, LED uh, China bulb so I can do walking talks at night and take it's bicolor. And so, you know, built it with ribbon lights and, you know, and so that was one of the things. And I've done and tested filters, designed my own filters and tested them during this time frame. So it's always, you know, taking that equipment you own and how, how can you help that make you better? And, uh, you know, it's, in this day and age, there's so much information out there from podcasts. And I brought Deacons and his wife, James, they started a, a podcast, I think in April and mm -hmm. they're remarkable, but there's tons of podcasts on directing, um, since already, I'm sure there's stuff on acting. I know there was stuff on screenwriting, efforts, but, um, you know, what are we doing with our time? It's, you know, it gets bored. It gets boring if you just sit around and Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So, but you know, we all have cameras now with cell phones, so it's yeah. They're limited. I mean, sure, you might be able to get an app that'll control a few things, but at least you gives you perspective of angles and camera height and you should. Um, and you can zoom in usually on the iPhone fingers. What are the lot longer ones do? It does this. So, um, but uh, you know, but then it's also learning how to use that to help tell a story mm -hmm. and that becomes interesting that becomes fun that's the fun to me i think prep is prep and production are the two most fun things yeah same mm -hmm. here because yeah. there's no time you can do kind of your imagination is kind of wild you can yeah. talk about things do tests you know yeah. learn new things and it, it kind of inspires you like if you're doing like a like a period piece like i never done this period piece i've always wanted to try this kind of filter or look you know, you kind of go out of your element of the norm. Like whenever people say they shoot corporate stuff, because I, I used to shoot a lot of, uh, what is it, doctor surgeries, 
and doctor mm -hmm. interviews and it's like yo you got like you say you get bored like you, yeah. you get boring <laughs> shooting clouds i got bored shooting surgery <laughs> like shooting inside of bodies i'm like this is weird but like normal and it gets boring you could get cool shots but it's like the same thing so going into those going out of your norm it's like you know it, it helps exercise your creativity Hmm. Yeah, and I think I've, I've been fortunate because I've done a lot of things that I've enjoyed to do. Uh, I, I worked one year uh, for NBC at the Super Bowl. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to shoot the game, but I was there for eight days shooting like, uh, uh, the Seahawks and their, their players at their hotel and outside their, uh, their tent where they practice. Oh, um, wow. And so then I had, then I had like, it's BG style where I have you know, HMIs and I've got a, an, a, you know, a lead anchor that's mm -hmm. on NBC Sports and stuff. And so you're, it's like, okay, how do we're doing live hits? So it's a satellite truck behind it I'm connected to. And so this is going on live. And so you gotta make sure that, you know, she looks great because you know, those people are seeing us right in, in there. But it's very, it, there is a lot of crossover, uh, you know, and preparing. Like Super Bowl morning, it was super foggy in Phoenix. And we're like, okay, our first hit, our call was eight, our first hit was, like 11 15 in the morning and it's foggy you can't see a thing you say you're in phoenix yeah phoenix arizona oh, they kind of rotate every, yeah they rotate uh locations and stuff and they just to go 47 i think and so um we're just you know waiting waiting so i'm like look at my phone when does the fog go when is and it's like oh it goes away they say 11 10. and so you're like that means when it goes away right when it goes away it's going to be sunny and I have talent and I mean, it's a live shot. So what do I do? And so then it's like, okay, well, I have HMIs. I have the fusion frame. What do I do to make sure that I can take that hard sun away if we go live? And so that's what I ended up doing. I had the fusion frame set up. I had some HMIs and it was just right. Like a minute before we roll, boom, there's the sun. Wow. Yeah. And it, it, it worked great, but yeah. it was all pre-planning, right? So if you don't plan, you're going to, there's that saying, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. And so, mm -hmm. and so that, that's, you have to you know, think of your next steps. What are you going to do? Because at the end of the day, a DP, cinematographer, you know, you're judged by that look, by that story that's being told. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, yeah, I've made plenty of mistakes. So, what now is it from those mistakes, it's like concrete in your head to not, to not again make them. And, yeah. you, you know, it's, I feel like being a DP, it, makes you a much better problem solver especially in pre-production because like you yeah. go through all those in production and then when you go through pre-pro you know how to prepare for it i like to think of even ad's i say like an assistant director and a dp kind of go hand in hand they have to know how to kind of tell the future like think of the future mm -hmm. especially yeah. with lighting and the situation you just explained that's i've seen dps like go crazy like i don't know what to do and they have you set up all these frames and like mainly the black because they're like oh we're gonna put negative fill and all this crap and then the sun comes out and you were doing it live we you know that would have sucked for you but we had to change these 12 by frames change the whole thing with the silk because the sun came out and it's like you idiot um but but we did it and it just wasted time and it made the dp look bad well you know of course but anticipating you know like you do that's that should go in like a dp um on the bsc what is it on the bsc like jobs of a cinematographer like prediction, predicting the, the light yeah. and situations like that. Yeah, being a, uh, what is it? It's a, not a gypsy. What is it? Uh, they go and they tell you your future. So, uh, a fortune teller? Yeah, like fortune teller. Yeah, right? fortune teller. Yeah. Uh, 
No, but I have to give, I mean, I do have to give credit, like my friend Kurt Bear, uh, he was, uh, he was one of my friends, probably also one of my mentors as well. Um, you know, he actually got me on the job and, um, cause he was actually running his own crew and doing stuff for, uh, indecent sports and things of that nature. And, um, I think what was, you know, going into that situation, telling me, okay, this is, so I really haven't shot E and G stuff. I've done more than those mostly like shorts and you know, features wherever films and stuff. And it's a narrative side of stuff where he was like, Hey, this is E and G. So it is a little bit different. You know, you want the actors to be really bright on camera. You don't want it to oh, be yeah. realistic. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was cases when we were shooting outside happened to be overcast. And so I had two HMIs and uh, they're plugged into this, I guess you say a switch or a switch, but um, you know, extension cord, but it was multiple outlets, whatever reason my name, my mind's going blank. But, um, and then like two minutes before I start rolling, the light goes out. So all my lights go out. I'm like, these are HMIs, you're not supposed to strike when they're hot. So what do I do? And so uh, we had three hits that day. And so they kept going out. And so I'd have to strike them right before we rolled. And usually like right after we cut, they would go out again. Oh, and so, Lord. and you would see the big, you would definitely see a difference. On yeah, camera. I know what you're it's saying. Um, so it's kind of like fixing that problem. And then what, you know, after that day was over, when we got a ballast replaced, but found out it was actually the, the cable, the extension cable. So oh. was the problem. So yeah, but it was, that's the thing, right? Sometimes you just, you're not going to catch everything and things are going to happen. So what do you do? And, you know, you had to hide, you know, hot strike lamp because that's what I, that's what I had to do. Yeah, you know, to make it look right. Um, yeah. An HMI, just uh, so people know, can you explain what an HMI is? It's a, it's well, a, it's, it's, uh, well, it's a, not no highlight, sorry, that's, well, it is, but, um, so it's a daylight version, not version, but it's a daylight source, and you can have bars, you can have, um, you put, you know, lenses in front, things of that nature, and so, you get like 24Ks and things of that nature, usually this one. HMIs. There's also tungsten units that will, you know, are warmer, so they're warm. HMIs are blue, so it's it's kind of like when you're trying to figure out a large source and you want something to be daylight, you can use like an HMI source. Um, but if you want something like, hey, it's you know, it could be it could be sunset. Um, sunset is actually much much warmer, so you throw like an, you know a tungsten unit, um, and so you know, like people say, hey, we want like a uh, an area like an M18. Mary, that well, that's a 1.8 k HMI, and so and the amperage for that is about 16 amps. So, you know, depending on where you're at, can you put that in your household out outlet, or you know, or do you need a generator? So, um, you know, it's just a different type of light source. It's, it's more punchy. It's not a soft source unless you run it through diffusion or things of that nature. So, yeah, uh, right. but medium arc iodides. <laughs> so. But uh, no, and now we have LEDs and things that nature that's interesting that. LEDs uh, save the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some great things. Yeah, there's some great things about them. There's some color issues with them still, too. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, LEDs that you put the gel, they have built in gel colors now. They'll reference like Roscoe or Lee or whatever it is. And they, inject, yep. they, don't, they don't necessarily actually, they're not equal. And so if you take a tungsten unit and put a, a gel in front of it, actually, works better than a built-in uh, gel on, on an LED panel. So, um, and that's because yeah. there's, there's deficiencies inside the LED that you're not getting all the different color spectrums. 
And mm -hmm. so that's why the gel tends to work better still because the spectrum is there in, in the original unit. The I did not know that. But, that, uh, that goes to all of our gaffer friends. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. I was like yeah. super, I got really into gels in college and even afterwards, trying to memorize all of them and study yeah. them crazy. But I never really, I never heard of a test of that, the actual color temperature through an LED as opposed to using like an HMI through a gel. Yeah. So it, but it, it, it is, it is different. Is it horrific? Yeah. It's someone's own personal, you know, subjective viewpoint. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it just depends. It's, you know, I've done like tungsten with, you know, sodium vapor gel, things of that nature to try to make it, uh, you know, more orange and things like that. So, um, with mercury vapor is green. So have you ever worked on a film, um, in which, uh, you experienced like a new, a new color or any like colorful films, um, in which you just use uh, like a lot of gels? Or you just went out of your like you just got a chance to be creative with gels. Um, I think like I, I do a lot of I shoot a lot of professional ice hockey for fun. Uh, uh, I'm a, a huge Edmonton Oilers fan from that, um, and so they're minor league teams in Bakersfield, and I get to uh, produce some of their stuff content for them. And so uh, I've done some stuff with lighting where you know I've got a warm tungsten light. Their colors are orange and blue. So using blue light and you know, I, I use like the LED keynotes that, you know, you can, you know, as a, it's all RGBW type light. So I could go and dial in really dark blue or, you know, not really dark blue, but it's got that blue quantity. That's you know, definitely not an HMI daylight looking blue. It's, yeah. it's sometimes, definitely like a party blue. Sometimes like, and I know in like certain movies, you can kind of, feel, especially commercials nowadays, um, people, you could see more colors. I don't know if you know it's been like LED since LEDs came out. You see a lot of colors and a lot of those uh, those little quasar tubes. Yes. Um, in like in like the frame and all that. And there is now you see it more. Uh, there is like an, an unnatural feel to it as opposed to like the old gel. But coming from like I come from like an you know kind of like old school form of lighting where they use like tungstens and gels all day. Yeah. Um, and it's like wow, nothing just beats that uh, tungsten being like the warm light, like that warmness coming off the bounce board well yeah and i think it's it's uh um for me I, one of the things that i i've known especially reds are really harsh in digital sensors so uh using like really saturated reds are bad usually um but for me what i kind of get away with one of my tricks that i use is um i always put like a neutral tone in them so um if i'm gonna if let's say they're in a bar i think i did this for blues bras and blackjack um mm -hmm. Where I had yeah. there's, there's a lot of red going. I try to put like a neutral, like either a tungsten unit or a daylight unit, because I think it's tungsten, just so that the skin tones look great. You know, the reflectiveness of a backlight or a side light was red. I didn't destroy the way they looked on camera because of that red. Because red's just poor, it's it's harsh. And so um, I try to do that to make it it it, it just to save myself of creating another picture of someone's face so well, they're not a movement do you ever get that do you ever get that um that phrase from a director i can't see their face like if it's a kind of <laughs> intense moment and they're like you know it's a you know a murder scene or something sure. and you light it towards dramatic and they're just like complaining like i can't see their face and they're like but <laughs> um i would say i, I tried it for the most part i'm gonna say no i probably haven't and the reason why is um, I like having clean blacks, and so 
um, where there's no noise. And so I always kind of rate my camera a little slower or light it to be a little slower. Um, you know, certain cameras, you just kind of know where their ISO, natural ISO setting is. And then I try to buffer in a little, like a stop of light in there by saying. I, ISO, I'm sorry, just for people who don't know, ISO is the camera sensitivity, kind of like film stock. Correct, correct. Yeah, ISO, which is big, big or it's, it used to be called ASA. And ISO is. You know, you know yeah. what it stands for? Yeah, well, it's ISO is International uh, Standard Organizations. Uh -huh. and ASA is American Standard Associations, I think. You'd be uh, surprised. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and it's and it's it's interesting because it's just like an international standard of measure and things of that nature. So, um, but uh, so yeah, it's so you know using that you know in the film days they they do that too, but they would call pushing or cooling the process where they rate a, 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 the film you know faster than it was. And that that's what, certain results. So yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out. I I, would, I always wanted to try that. So but. yeah, so what they would end up doing is so they'll they'll say okay. A lot of times, you know, the, you know, when digital sensors came, I think the fastest speed was five hundred, mm. and uh, film negative. So you know, usually, you know, in the olden days, you're looking at you know film speed twenty five as being the film speed, and that's. Um, how many stops it is? What, 25, 50, 100? Is it a stop for ISO? Every time it doubles is a stop. So, uh, and there's thirds of stop built in there. So usually, like, when I would shoot on Dragon, uh, the engineer said, hey, it's an 800 ISO sensitive cam sensitivity to the sensor. So I'd rate it at 320, which is a stop and a third more, or less slower. But by doing that, if I light to set it's 320 and not 800, I have a lot more light hitting that sensor. Therefore, there's less noise. Mm -hmm. Now, when they say it's the sensor is 800, 1200, 1600, uh, that's based upon someone's perception of an acceptable noise level. And so, even though a manufacturer may say 800, or you know, some say 5,000. Yeah, it, it's it's really subjective. Uh, so there isn't like a mathematical equation that all the manufacturers are using. Same with filtration too. Like um, you have different filtrations and you go from one strength to another. Uh, there's not even a, a mathematically equivalent. Like when you go from a one diffusion to a two diffusion, two is just, isn't necessarily twice as much diffusion as number one. But the manufacturer has their own idea of what that is, what that why they make a one and a two, and the difference between them both. But um, you know, you go from Tip and Schneider. And still don't have the same they don't have the same way to qualify so you're welcome yeah wow i mean like who needs film school just listen to set stories podcast and watch and hear yes. adam yeah. talk. i mean it's amazing well, i'm learning i'm learning a lot well this is why <laughs> i hire adam he handles all the lighting and all the dp work and i just worry about sound all right well that's all you need <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh but, no um, I, yeah. I, I enjoy the process so i mean i love what i do yeah yeah amazing i mean it shows it shows with just how you talk about it and yeah yeah so like, you work too man you did you did some you did a lot of good stuff uh john sent us your your uh, bio uh, mm -hmm. i was really impressed that was a great picture by the way i was like what the hell a adam's got a website too right cinebeck.com yeah c-i-n-e-b-e-c-k yeah, -E -E so yeah. Cine, my last name is back.com so i need to update it i haven't done that yet uh you think, hey, being quarantined, but I also, I'm married to three kids, so 
Yeah, well, you, there's a lot of work to be done around the house when you find out you're in quarantine. Yeah, and you you know you, you try to figure things, you know, listen to podcasts. You try to find a few other interests outside of it just so you can be normal of some sort. Yeah. But, um, I really don't have a lot of interest outside since I've been. Well, uh, hockey, well that's, that's why we're happening. here doing this right now. Yeah. Like, even the other day, I drove around and I was just like, well, why don't I just record background noise for like films? So I was going out to drive out to Angeles Forest and record the forest and then go in the middle of the city while like luckily there's really nobody there and get like a dead city, dead ambience with not a lot of cars. You know, well, what cool. I should have done is I should have been like, put some stuff together we could have just showed you stuff like yeah like i like during christmas time this last year i've done a few product shots and i'm like i i kind of enjoy it i do it i didn't i have a spare bedroom where i'm sitting now and we're going to use that as an office and so i just it's like hey, i want to i want like to i want to shoot more product shots but i'll do it in my garage i need a table and yeah. I, I was just using another table to throw my shoulder and I'm like it's kind of too high and doesn't really have anything on it back and so why don't I just build one and so build one for like 150 bucks and you know it has a glass top i can shoot light up underneath it and oh it sick. And so it's just like you know i'm i wouldn't say i'm, I'm a crafts person or i am a crafts person but i would say but i wouldn't say that i'm you know I'm, you know tim allen and like that like yeah <laughs> but you're building the tools to do your art well yeah, yeah. it was just you know what am i going to do i was during christmas time and just working you know, and it's like, uh, I'll go shoot this. And so that leads to like projects that jumping from doing free stuff to spec work where you right. sell the work. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, some of the product shots I did at the time was about working while I was trying to work into a spec spot. So yeah. it still may work, but I haven't really finished it, finished it out yet. So yeah. 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 Staying busy doing fun things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, is there anything else to add or should we wrap it up? Because it's been about an hour. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I know yeah. time guy, time goes so fast I when know. you're talking. If yeah. you guys want to go longer, I can go longer. So it's up to you. <laughs> I know the never can go longer. Yeah, because even listen, the night. Last thing first, um, are, you, are you wearing, it's okay if you're not wearing the shirt, but, but did you get your shirt, Adam? That's an image shirt? Did no. you get Oh, no, no, no. I, I kind of put out the email yesterday of uh, Adam's uh, contact info. So I don't think you got, or we got it just in time. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could send one out to him. Or, I got, yeah, I got to send you a shirt, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have Set Stories Podcast merch. So it's merch, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Made by, I, have, I do have to get a shout out to uh, Nicole uh, Maurer. Um, she has her own crafts company that made the shirt. She was very, she helped me tremendously. She has a craft Dude, website, uh, Miko Blue, M-E-E-K-O-B-L-U-E.com. For anybody who needs t-shirts or any kind of merch made, she has it all. Mm. But uh, yeah. we'll get you one, Adam. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, uh, uh, the one thing I was going to say is I do sit on a, an advisory board uh, in, in town of living. Um, they actually have a film school in the high school. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so my daughter, I would talk my, my daughter, Ellie, she's going to be a freshman next year. So she's actually going to be in, so it's a, it's a tech program. So this, this school system has different high schools have different tech programs and ones like computer science and ag and, uh, and then there's a film school to go through four years of doing different classes. Like their English class has like scripts and 
you know, you read uh, works that then turn into movies, things of that nature. And, and so it, yeah, it kind of, and these are all, you know, kids at the fourth, they start at 14, 15 years old. And then when they graduate, they've had this experience of, I think they even do like a search, like you can get during the summer, you can get like a, an avid certificate for editing. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And so these are high school kids. So, you know, they're still high school kids. So you probably get a, you know, you get a, a super amount of, not everybody is super gun ho about learning this stuff. You know, they're, they're 14, 15, you know, all day, 18 years old. So, oh, yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> nice to, it's nice to say give back. But um, I think the fun part is every year the seniors have to do like, they actually have to pitch a film and then they have to shoot it and everybody, you know, everybody comes part of the crew. But the fun part is them coming in and having to present it to all the advisors and online advisors. So <laughs> then you get to ask them the tough questions. Okay, how many days do you shoot this in? How many pages is it? How many actors do you have? And then you throw them like, this is real life. They ruin their dreams. Yeah. You're being honest with them because it's like, hey, this is yeah. a really hard job. Yep. So oh, yeah. if you have 20 pages, you're only going to shoot for two days you tell them that that's probably not going to be very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way you go into it. Because I, yeah. if I would know it's going to be like this, I'm not going to lie, I probably wouldn't have went to film school um, if I knew it was going to be like this. But, <laughs> so maybe it was supposed to be. Yeah. But, the, you know, the kids are good. They're, they're young. They're excited. You know? Yeah, I think, I, think I, need, I made better films when I was in my middle school film class than I did in college. Like 100%. Cause I just had that like freedom of like, go do whatever you want. Like, yeah. it's just like a childlike imagination. Like the stories were better. We didn't have to worry about money or like location. And like, yeah, it was, it was really better. So it was, it was more fun. As a gun prop. Yeah. You're all screwing it. We got a banana. So do you guys have any other questions for me? Do you want a shout out or anything? Or do you want to plug in? Shoots or films? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, well, I've got, there's movies you want to talk about, and there's movies you don't ever want to talk about. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you're more than welcome to come on another episode if you have sure. more stories to tell. I mean, we'd love to have you. You're, you're really, yeah. you're a really cool guy. No, For thanks. Real. Well, you guys have been great. So it's, uh, it's been, uh, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too difficult. Sometimes I, I feel like I have a, you know, my mind goes blank and like, oh yeah, what is that called? What is an HMI? <laughs> What's the actual scientific name for it? You know, and you're like, well, if you're to start with color tint. So, hey, Adam. Yeah. We, we should have told the story about, uh, what was it? Uh, when we were shooting a short film in Bakersfield, we had this part where, um, was it, our actor gets abducted by an alien. So we have to have him cram, uh, grab onto a lift and actually go up. And Adam's on the lift with the camera aiming down. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. But the bad thing is the lift wasn't charged the night before. So it died like halfway through. And then, like, oh, yeah, and then we were sitting there trying to restart it, get it all going again. And it was, like, I think 22 degrees outside. Oh, it was oh cool. Oh, my gosh. It was really cool. And it was interesting, yeah. too, because I think the lift can go up to, like, 70 feet. Yeah, and yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, wow. where's the safety strap and harness? And because yeah. uh, in Bakersfield, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, oil rigs in barracks, and so that's why they have a lot of those. And so um, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going up until, like, safety strap camera strapped in yeah you know, just trying to be safe i'm like is anything gonna happen probably not but i don't care i, I don't, don't want to risk it yeah you know, yeah, oh, yeah you it. never know what's gonna happen on a set especially yeah. on a set so, so but, oh, uh, yeah it was a cold day and we ended up having to reshoot that the next day kind of oh, i remember that too and i remember uh what was it when we came back for the pickup shots uh 
Lenny was on the phone with you and he's all like, Hey, it turns out uh, Ricky didn't like those uh, secondary uh, lift shots. So we had to redo it again. No. <laughs> I remember there was a big pause on the phone call with you and you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did he just say? Oh my God. Yeah. So no. <laughs> CGI then. So, uh, yeah. So thanks guys for having me on. It's yeah. been great. Awesome. I, yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you so much, Adam, for being on the show. We had such a good time talking to you. Um, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at set underscore stories underscore podcast and on Spotify. We're also now on Apple podcasts and also on our website, setstoriespodcast.com. Um, uh, and if you, we want, we want you to be on the show, guys. We want you to tell us how we're doing. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Just email us at podcastsetstories at gmail.com. Love you guys. See you next week.